Yo, good evening, always better than yesterday community. I hope that you are well. Thank you for taking the time to catch on podcast or YouTube or even um, the replay. Let me just say thank you for taking the time out uh, to spend it with us this evening or whatever time it is, wherever you are right now. It's awesome to have you with us. Um, just going to send a couple of invites out on the live Facebook stream and then we shall get going. But it's me, it's Ryan Hartley from Always Better Than Yesterday and we are coming at you live with episode 53. Episode 53 is amazing. Um, a few invites going out now. I hope that we've had a great weekend. hope that we've had a great week, in fact. Um, I would love to know what your win has been this week. Just just let me know in the comments when you've joined what your win this week is. Let me just reach out in the comments and just congratulate you. No matter how big or small that win may be, uh, I'm really enjoying getting on the small win movement at the moment. Um, the Always Better Than Yesterday community are loving, are loving sharing their wins. There we go. A few invites gone out. Um, we've got plenty of people on. Happy days. My guest is there too. So I shall get cracking. There we go. Episode 53 the re is to learn uh, about the habits and mindset behind successful and inspiring people. And my guest is absolutely going to be um, one of those. So how are you? Hi, Ryan. Good to see you. Good to see you. And you hear me all right? I hear you great. Fantastic. How about you? Very good, loud and clear, loud and clear. So thanks for taking the time out of your day to come join us. Yeah. I've not said much about it, so I wanted to leave you the opportunity to introduce your good self and, and, and share a little bit about your story. Uh, sharing, my, sharing my story. Um, my name is Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just introduce yourself. Rebecca Lawler. Um, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, played tennis at the elite level um, nationwide, earned a full scholarship to one of the top Division I tennis programs in the country. After college, I, I became a teaching professional, kind of followed the natural progression of uh, jobs, was to, to become a teaching professional. So um, followed that natural that natural way. However, following the events of September 11th, uh, 2001, I decided to serve my country. I had a, an overwhelming desire to serve my country. So um, joined the United States Coast Guard and became a search and rescue boat driver, performing various law enforcement search and rescue operations Unfortunately, while in the Coast Guard, I suffered a severe shoulder injury. Um, ended up having to have surgery. Um, in 2011, I briefly returned to the sport of tennis um, while playing an exhibition match. I suffered another injury to my shoulder. Um, that injury was crippling and required me to have a major um, surgery. Um, so I had a complete and total revision of my shoulder. Um, but that became a defining moment in my life. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Most people said I would never return to my sport, would never return to the athlete that I once was. Um, 
so I, um, although my future looked dim, mm. I chose to have a, a different outlook. So in physical therapy, I really began to um, turn that adversity into a positive mm. experience. I began to apply the things that I had learned as an athlete, like goal setting, positive self-talk, imagery, visualization, relaxation, breathing techniques. I really turned those into myself and applied them to myself um, and began to use them in my recovery. So it was that moment that really um, so shifted the course of my life. It shifted my purpose, um, my identity, and, mm. and my life, actually. I went back to school. I earned two master's degrees in sport and performance psychology. And right now I'm uh, just uh, launching my business and working with youth athletes uh, in the area and around the area, providing them with the psychological tools to cope with the adversities in sport that I did not always have as an mm -hmm. athlete. Wow, what an introduction. So guys and girls, if you're watching, I, 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 did, I did promise that this would be an inspiring conversation. I think just from the introduction, you can see that there's so much that we're, we're going to dive into. And I guess I'd just love to take it right back to the start in terms of developing yourself to become um, an elite athlete. And I think obviously you said you earned a scholarship, which probably means that you weren't getting surrounded with the, the right level of coaching and, and, and support. Would that be fair to say from an early age? You, you kind of had to graft and earn that? That I, that I had good support from coaches? Is, was that your question? I'm sorry. Yeah, so in the early days, you, you, you had to earn a scholarship. So before the scholarship, were you kind of, um, what, what was it like? What was it like for you? So I came from a very small town in, called Macomb, Mississippi. Um, it's about mm. two hours away from New Orleans. Um, and I grew up on three uh, courts, three tennis courts. Yeah. Um, I had to travel. My parents took me to coaches, the best coaches in the surrounding areas. So if they were in Mississippi or if they were in Louisiana, in Georgia, Alabama, um, my parents got me to those coaches that could really develop my game and my ability, my talent. Mm -hmm. It was difficult. Um, a lot of kids today have the resources of academies and, and those types of things that have everything, the, the technical, the foundational, and the mental all in one package. Mm. I didn't have that. I had some wonderful coaches that, that developed me, and then it was hard work. It was, it was earned. You know, I was mm. blood, sweat, and tears, and I had the goal to, to go to college, knew that I had some talent, and yeah. went right to work. Where's that come from? Where does the hard work ethic come from? I think, I think my family, my parents, for sure, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and coaches, you know, if they, they always were giving me lessons from the best, if it were the, the best athletes, you know, if you want, if you want to be a successful tennis player, if the Steffi Graf, you know, mm -hmm. of tennis was in my day, that's how mm -hmm. old I am. But, you know, if you want to be Steffi Graf, this is what you're going to have to do. If sure. you want to be Roger Federer nowadays for these kids, you know, yeah. these are the steps and this is the commitment that you're going to have to, to do and give um, going forward. Yeah. 
I love that it's gone full circle and you're you're going back to helping the youth now. And I won't skip to that. Won't won't get to that too soon. But obviously, then you talk about the the events of of two thousand and one and talk us through what it's like. What, what was it like? You know, feeling that over that overwhelming sense of you know being called to serve and and signing up. What went through your mind? What I think I get pretty I get pretty emotional about that because yeah. I was um, that was a very um, difficult day as we all remember, but I was on a tennis court teaching that day. It was beautiful, and I just remember how beautiful the day was and watching the kids because I was working with youth, you know, babies, mm. small five, six, seven, eight year olds and. It just killed me that, you know, now, now it's our life has changed forever. So it just, it was something that I couldn't shake. And it was actually two years later um, that it, it was so overwhelming that I decided to actually take that, take that step and join the military. I was um, making a lot of money teaching tennis um, and a lot of people tried to, discouraged me from from going into the to the military because I was was um, a teaching professional but I decided that serving my country was was more important so I, I I joined and it's been a wonderful wonderful decision some of the decisions that a decision that I didn't think would lead to so many other pathways I guess. Um, what did you gain but, from your uh, so obviously service and requires sacrifice? But what did you what did you gain during that time? Oh, confidence, confidence for sure. You know, I I had a um, there's a little bit of a delay that I'm getting. So if okay. I'm if I'm a little bit slow, I'm sorry. Um, I had to become a boat driver, and I was not a. <laughs> I was not a boat driver at all. I had never driven a boat in my life, but that was part of my job responsibility as a bosun mate. And law enforcement, I had, you know, experience with guns and all that, but I had never driven a boat and, mm -hmm. and being responsible for other people's lives. When you become a boat coxswain, a small boat coxswain, um, it wasn't my life that was on the line when I took the boat out. Now it's eight others and then the other people that we are going to rescue. Mm. So it taught me that, you know, the perfections as a tennis player, I had a very perfectionist mentality mm -hmm. that I had to hit with precision and, and perfection on the court to execute certain, um, certain shots. And in the Coast Guard, when you're driving a boat and you pull up alongside a another boat to, to board them or put a law enforcement team over. The situation is not always perfect. The wind, the waves, they can, they can really um, become a challenge. So perfection is not, not always gonna, gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It's finding a way and returning back to basics and executing what you know and what you've been trained to do. 
So that's what I've really um, learned. An example, I'll give you an example. One night when I was green as a coxswain, um, had a boat team, new boat crew, and we were going out to board a, a shrimp vessel. Middle of the night, the nets were down, and as we approached the boat, there were all kind of things hitting the, the nets that were striking the water, just everywhere around the, the boat. And I asked my boat crew member to shine the, the light down in the water because it was everywhere. And when he did, it was hundreds of bull sharks that oh, wow. were in the water and then were feeding on the chum around the, the boat. And <laughs> I can just remember this overwhelming feeling of, wow, I've got to put a boarding team over in this, you know, so you have the, have the challenge of, of securing the boat alongside with the nets down. And then I also have the waves and the wind and, and all that, the current, but now I have bull sharks. So I had to resort back to what do I know? What have I been trained? And I went back to the basics and I executed, executed the basics. I took a big deep breath and went, to, went into my job. Mm -hmm. But there were several things like that, you know, that, and those things build your confidence, you know, that, all right, I've overcome that. That goes in my confidence bank. Now I can do other things. I love that. Thank you for sharing that story. I really like that. And um, it's... Um... It's, it's so true and so, so overlooked, isn't it? Just about deploying those things you already know, going back to, going back to basics. And um, tell us about, you know, the injury, the injury that you've got and, and how did that affect you mentally? Uh, that, was, that was a heartbreaker. Mm. It really was because I was a very powerful athlete, um, very physical, mm -hmm. um, aggressive tennis player, serve and volleyer. Um, fast serve, one of the fastest serves in collegiate tennis. And mm. when that happened and I, people were not meaning to, but because I was so powerful, people would come up to me and say things like, oh, you know, I hope you can come back from this. I'm not sure. I mean, and it would be the way that they, mm. they even looked at me, you know. Um, unfortunately, someone, you know, called me cripple, you know, and um, that kind of, it took a hit, you know, when you're struggling with your identity, like, who am I gonna, what do I do now? You know, I've been on a tennis court and very physical my whole entire life, you know, either cycling, running, and that was hard, but I decided to mindset, you know, I, I, I said, I'm gonna, gonna take this to a to a positive, turn this into a positive in my life and mm -hmm. go to work. And I had a wonderful physical therapist that believed in me and, and a, a team of, of doctors that repaired me. And I had a, a surgeon and a nurse and they took care of me and believed in me. And I, I started using my psychological tools. That's mm -hmm. when I went to work, getting back to, to business and healing. So you went to um, went back to school, two master's degree. Um, what's the fascination with mindset? 
I think it all begins with that. I think as soon as our feet hit the floor, we have a decision to either in the morning to either attack the day with hope and optimism or fear and dread. And, mm-hmm. and I, think, I think that was the choice that I was left with. You know, what, yes, this is something that's been difficult for me and, and hard, but what lens am I going to look through? You know, am I going to feel sorry for myself and, you know, wondering about that athlete that might have always been, or am I going to turn this into something that I can do to impact others? And I had the GI Bill. I was fortunate enough because I had joined the military to have the GI Bill. And I went back to school and went right away to, but a positive, you know, I was using that mindset of hope and optimism. And that's, that's kind of how I approach my day now. Who, who can I impact? Who can I inspire? And, and what life can I touch today? Mm. Who, can I, who can I reach out and touch and make an impact on? Because one thing that I did notice when I was in physical therapy, you know, you have all that time that you're not able to do anything. And I observed people. I had a lot of time to observe when, you're, mm. when I was injured. So I watched people coming in and out of the grocery store, being in line if they were impatient, with, with someone or just their normal every day. Do you say hello to someone when you walk down the street? It makes an impact on people, you know? I think, and, the, um, I think the best thing I love about what you just said is the word today. Who can I make an impact on today? Because I think that brings it into real focus in terms of the, what can you do right now? And, and I think yeah. when you think like that, you, you see so many more opportunities to make a a positive difference so I love that a little bit you know it might just sound like a simple word at the end of it but I think it's really 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 powerful so you, you've you've got your education how is it then that you turn that into to serving others is, is that what you're doing now with your performance consultancy yes yes um sorry um just you know I, I think as a tennis player I didn't always have I had the the physical ability but at the right moment, I didn't always have maybe a breathing technique that I could use or, you know, just that, that positive affirmation that I could say at the right moment, like, I got this, you know. Mm. Um, and having those tools, um, imagery, visualization, those were all things that that injury took me two years, you know, to recover and come back from. So um, those were all things that I used then and and seeing myself successful, visualizing myself healing, even when I was, was playing tennis and, and given, given athletes now um, those same things, those same tools, um, the growth mindset, fixed mindset, mm-hmm. you know, changing, changing that lens of embracing the challenge. You know, life is going to punch us in the gut, and, it, and it's how we, how we choose to to embrace that, you know, with the ferocity of a, of a lion, you know, mm. go after it and, and go get it. I love that. Why youth? Why youth tennis? Why youth tennis? Maybe because I, it's just so special to my heart. You know, it's my mm. sport. Um, um, I think probably because maybe I didn't have a lot of those tools, that I can give back maybe to them. Um, but that's it. It's just about giving back, you know, mm. not about, not about me. It's, it's about them. Yeah. 
Are there any other things that um, have really helped you um, in your journey that, that we've not touched on? Uh, definitely my faith. You know, yeah. I think that my Christian faith absolutely, you know, help, helps ground me and also, you know, knowing that maybe things aren't going so well, but as long as I'm alive, there's a, there's a plan, you know, mm-hmm. there, for me to keep moving forward. Um, certainly the, that, that mindset of how I'm going to wake up, you know, and choose, choose to live this day, even, even anticipating, okay, what stress, what may be thrown at me today? What obstacle, what stress may be thrown at me today? Um, and then preparing kind of how I'm going to, going to tackle that or find a way through that. You talk about positive affirmations. Is there anything in scripture that really, you know, that resonates with you, a quote that you, you keep? It's very simple. I can, I will. It yeah. was on my, it was my motto throughout um, my injury and it, and it still is. I said it in all of my cycling classes and, and I still do. Yeah, I love that. How can people connect with you? How can people find out a bit more about you and, and what you're doing? Um, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Rebecca Case Lawler, Lawler Sport and Performance. And then um, I'm in the, in the process of developing a website. So um, I'll be launching that soon. So Amazing. Uh, it's been a real privilege and, and pleasure to, to ask you a few more questions. I've been following your content um, for a little while now. And um, yeah, I love what you put out. And I just wanted to hear a bit more from Same you. To you. It, Same yeah, to you. Same to you. Really good to connect. And I just, I just love to know what the phrase always better than yesterday kind of means to you. So every day I line up physically, spiritually, mentally, what things that I'm going to tackle. Um, and I think always, always being better is 1% more. Where can I give 1% more or do 1% more in each of those areas? Mm-hmm. Um, give a little bit more effort. If that's maybe I'm not feeling 100% that day in one of those, but maybe – at 80%, I can find 1% of that, you know, um, designating that. But 1% more is a big one, too. It's a big, big motto for yeah, me. I love that. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Um, Thank I'd you. I'd just like to say, guys and girls, if, you, if, if you've made it this far through the live stream, please just drop loads of love heart emojis right now. Make sure you ask your questions. We'll drop in and, uh, and answer those. Um, there is one person in your network right now that needs to hear this interview with Rebecca. Please think of them and share it in their, in their inbox. Um, it's all about making sure we have as much positive impact on people as we possibly can. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for taking thank the time you. out. Thank and, you. Um, I hope you all have a, a wonderful week. And Same to you. Thank you very much. Much love, everybody.